you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And today is National Signing Day for the University of Missouri Tigers and, of course, well, everyone else in the nation as well. So we've got actually three of my favorite Tiger football recruits for this 2021 class. We're actually going to go back just from the last few months and share with you again some clips of me breaking down three of my favorite players from this class. Those guys are quarterback Tyler Macon, defensive end Travion Ford, and cornerback from Indianapolis, Dalen Carnell. But you know what? First, there is some breaking news involving National Signing Day. Three-star defensive end Arden Walker has chosen Missouri in a a bit of a surprise, certainly a National Signing Day flip for Eli Drinkwitz. Steals, Inglewood, Colorado product, Arden Walker from the Buffaloes and from UCLA and Chip Kelly. So hopefully this is a sign that Drinkwitz airport plan, if you will, of recruiting where Columbia has direct flights to Dallas, Denver, and Chicago. Hopefully that's going to start bearing fruit, and maybe this is the first sign of that. Also, speaking of Tyler Macon, his East St. Louis teammate, wide receiver Dominique Levette, officially signed. Another huge flip for Eli Drinkwitz and company. Also, just quickly before I get to my three breakdowns of these what I believe are going to be really special Missouri recruits I want to update you guys on Keontae Johnson from Florida just in case you didn't hear really big update and a very positive update apparently Keontae is is much more alert he's he had a discussion with his teammates over FaceTime so apparently he's made remarkable improvements since the last in the last 24 hours or so and you know obviously No real updates on his basketball status at this point, but obviously, what does that really matter? The kid is awake, he's alert, it seems like he's going to be okay at this point, and frankly, thank God for that. And then, well, transitioning to something quite a bit less important, I had a take yesterday about how I felt like it was about 50-50 that Missouri was actually going to play in a bowl game this year. Well, Eli Drinkwitz met with the media via Zoom yesterday and well he basically reassured everybody that no Missouri is going to play in a bowl game and you know what that made me feel better about it it did but I'm still only like 65 percent maybe 70 percent that Missouri is going to play in a bowl because quite honestly Eli being the leader that he is sometimes as a leader of men you try to speak things into existence I'm still wondering with the opt-outs that we've had already during this season you just and you see the one the couple here at the end of the season by a couple seniors I still wonder if we're going to get there I really do again I hope so but a part of me just wonders if maybe that's Eli just being optimistic and try to speak something that he wants to happen into existence so we'll just have to wait and see when it comes to bowl season and frankly there's just the business of all these bowl games canceling once again so again we'll move on from that and First, I want to go back, all the way back, in fact, to the almost very beginning of this pandemic, 
all the way back to March 16th, also known as Stone Cold Steve Austin Day. Well, quite honestly, hopefully the hopefully we'll associate this date with Tyler Macon from now on. So here's myself and Blake Stark talking about Tyler Macon and his film. And by the way, at one point we bring up, boy, these receivers look pretty good. Well, obviously Dominique Lavette was one of those guys. So without further ado, here's me and Blake Stark on Tyler Macon. So again, Tyler Macon, quarterback, just came off his junior season. He's currently a junior in high school, probably not attending class at the moment, I'm guessing, like the like most of America. But his junior year, he threw for 4,200 yards and 39 touchdowns, 70% completion percentage. Hey, that's a pretty good start, statistically. Also threw in 18 scores on the ground and another 827 yards. Leading East St. Louis High School, 14-0 record, 6A Illinois State Championship. Hey, not too bad, right? That sounds good off the top of the top of the bat. Yeah, those uh, those those numbers are great. Those uh, credentials, the pedigree, all sounds great. Um, we watched his film too. I think you and I yep. found some clips today. Yeah, I'll include this this link in the description. But there's about a 15 minute huddle highlights, and by huddle, it's H U D L. It's sort of a social media type platform for high school players to upload their highlights and yeah it was a pretty interesting watch didn't you think yeah I just I d- didn't know what to expect um i you know because if you look at his his measurables he, you know he's not the 6'4 225 pounds he's not Blaine Gabbard on the yeah he's measured he's he's listed anyway on rivals six foot even 180 pounds yeah. so not the biggest guy in the world but if you watch him I mean and he said even when he interviewed when he was interviewed after his commitment that he, he tries to model his game on like a Kyler Murray. Um, and you, I could see that you can kind of get that yeah. sense when you watch him. I mean, he steps up that he, he drives the ball down the field. Yes. It's not, it's not in no disrespect to Corby Jones, but it's not a Corby Jones type lobbing the ball in right. there. And it's also, he's got not, enough arm strength for right. sure. He doesn't have like uh maybe as good of an arm as, is Murray, but certainly not as like a Drew Locke arm or something like that, but he's got good enough arm yeah. for sure. And if you watch his, his film, it's, it's uh, it's encouraging. You you see him step up in the pocket and he drives the ball. There's just a lot of footage of him hitting guys on posts in the middle, just hitting the middle receiver and working the middle of the field. And if you listen to this podcast before, you've known that John sure. and I constantly clamor to work the middle of the field. Yeah, I think Drink um, will will see a lot more of those routes, a lot more attacking the middle in his offense. Yeah, so he's hitting guys, you know, and you can even watch him throw some of those anticipatory, like he, the guy's not even out of his cut yet. And yep. He puts the ball mm-hmm. where his guy's going to be. Um, and he does have good receivers, which we'll we'll get to in a little bit when we talk s- some more about the recruiting implications that maybe he he has. But um, the the highlight was just was not all you know open bombs to guys down the right side. Right, they did have some of that too, though. And, sure, and he showed good. On, he's thrown the ball fifty, sixty yards in the air. I was going to say I, he definitely got could get it fifty five, sixty in the yeah. air. I noticed for sure. Like I, I went back and noted that I was like, okay, does he have enough arm here? And he does for sure. There was. A couple times where I felt like he he maybe had a little bit too big of a wind up, but for the most part, I thought his throwing mechanics were pretty tight, just as far as his release and just watching his feet. You know, I'm acting like I'm you know Mr. Quarterback Coach right. here, but you know I feel like I have a pretty good handle on this stuff. I thought his feet were really really good and just looked confident. wasn't like a lot of missteps or happy feet that I could see. To be fair, you know he's playing on an excellent high school team and he wasn't under a ton of pressure. But, man, when he was under pressure, to your point, there was a little bit of, like, Kyler or Russell Wilson there in that 
when he broke the pocket, he's keeping his eyes downfield, and I thought he threw accurately on the run, too, at least from, from what they showed on Huddle. And you know what, Blake? Hopefully, in the future, we'll be celebrating many, many Tyler Macon touchdowns with a cold, frosty beverage that's literally made to chill, and of course, that's Coors Light. And Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what happens in college basketball this season, well, those days are always your time to chill. Because even if your team happens to be in quarantine, well, there's plenty of hoops out there and plenty of other sports that can give you an excuse to chill and just drink a nice frosty Coors Light. Because regardless, Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport or any team just to drink a beer. So flip flip through the channels, find a sport, and crack open a Coors Light. And Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look, delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And of course, my friends at Built Bar want you to know that the new and improved Build Bar is even more the even more delicious than before with six new original flavors, including caramel brownie, cherry barcia. Oh, I see what you did there, Build Bar, and lemon almond cheesecake. These bars are a great option for the health conscious guy. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. These bars are low cal low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And you have to take in with a grain of salt that these are highlight reel films. Sure. But at the same time... The body of work over the course of the season is 70% completion. Sure. What is it, 4,600 yards? I mean, that's a significant number of passes. Yeah. And that's that's very consistent, 70% of, right. of the completions to get to that number. Sure. Um, and, you, again, if you watch the film, you'll see he's completing passes all over the field and all ki- kinds of different throws and, you know, different route trees. So that's good to see. Uh, your first thought when you when you see a guy with those measurables and he's listed as a dual-threat quarterback is you're wondering if it's going to be just a run-first thing. But the you know the Definitely first, not first twelve minutes of this highlight yeah. are, are all passing, and then but when he does run, he, he looks good and decisive. Like yep. he's he's also he, not afraid to run you over. Is right, one thing yeah. I noticed either. He especially looked to run around the red zone too. And boy, if he got around the goal line again, even though he's six foot, one hundred eighty pounds, not the biggest high school kid by any means, he was he wasn't afraid to take the contact. I only saw him slide one time. He might need to work on that. It wasn't the prettiest looking slide, but yeah, that'd be a little bigger in the SEC than they are. Right, in the, exactly. I was going to say, learn, say he'll but, learn how to slide once he gets that first down eventually. But it's, I mean, he 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 has that running style where he's you know he's he's making cuts, setting up the downfield blocks, and and you know he looks he looks nimble. He looks, and that was my first my first thought when I watched the film was he he did look a little bit like a Russell Wilson, and certainly I think you know the six four quarterback you know that's a good thing to have. But what is is Mahomes six two? Am I wrong? Am I wrong about that? Six three? He, yeah, he's probably six three or something. I think so. And, he's he's big enough yeah, for sure. Kyler Murray's yeah. six foot in shoes. Yeah, right. You know, and Russell Wilson's six feet tall, and sure. Drew Brees. Is six, so it's not being six feet tall is not you know, especially not in NCAA. You know, that's not you can you can be a very good quarterback at that height. So from watching, I'm I'm, I'm really encouraged by what he'll be able to bring to the field, and that doesn't even get started with what it, I think it means to get him 
on board this early because he's a guy that's plugged in in the St. Louis scene. He's got two guys on his team that are that are high profile wide receivers yep. that you'd love to have, and he's just going to know a lot of the guys around there. So he can be your, kind of your de facto captain of your recruiting class and start to get guys on board kind of like drew lock did when sure especially when especially those guys who get on board early like macon is here what is he the fourth guy of the 2021 class so far Mm -hmm. here i think so yeah i think there's more uh there's more meat on the bone here with tyler macon so we'll talk more about him here uh, after this next break yeah, to your point on those on those receivers for East St. Louis, Blake, they, there were a couple guys that really did show out on film there. It wasn't just Macon, but yeah, it certainly, again, just getting him early gives you a chance to get some of those guys, and obviously just getting the quarterback on the undefeated East St. Louis high school team, that's a really big profile guy. As I'm saying it, that makes even more sense than I had sort of realized before we started recording here. Yeah, and that's just, again, that's a really good program across Definitely, the Definitely, obviously, that's, yeah. That's a program that you want to be plugged into. Absolutely. And we've had a, you know, had good good players come through there and come to Missouri, and it seems like there was more of that when we had, when we, you know, the, the previous regime with Pinkle. And I, I don't know if Barry Odom was as successful with maintaining that as, as we had hoped and his recruiting, you know, you know, was hit and miss, I guess. Um, but this, I think this speaks more, again, to, Coach Drink hitting the ground running and doing all the right things and and focusing on in-state recruiting. And it seems like he really has – his message really is, you know, taking root in St. Louis and it's starting to bear fruit. You did mention that you liked his over-the-middle passes. Well, I was really encouraged he had some good sort of – they had a section that was literally just titled the deep out section. And, you know, the first one actually wasn't a deep out per se, but it was certainly a a pass to the boundary. Really, it was a a deeper than a deep out. It was like a a smash concept through the the slot receivers through like a, a, a corner route, essentially. Beautiful ball. I mean, really, really nice ball. I thought he showed some nice touch. And, again, good enough arm strength to get that ball outside the numbers to the boundary. And, and again, I just thought I was really impressed. You know, again, he's on a great team, so that makes it easier. And they're not showing the bad plays, but just for the amount of plays that they they showed, again, it's a 15-minute highlight reel. I was just impressed by how decisive he was so often. Just quick decisions. Ball is coming out of his hand quickly. And, boy, these kids today, I mean – they just let them throw a lot more than they did back in, you know, the 90s high school style football when you, you threw four or five times a game, you know, even the best teams. It's just crazy how much how much better quarterback coaching and experience these kids get now. And the highlight's also impressive because you have, you know, it's it, there's all different games. So he's playing against different opponents in all these highlights. So you know it's not just a game where he was locked on. Where sure. He had one game. A little name drop there. Oh, there you go. Nicely done. <laughs> but, you yeah, uh not just a game, you know, where he threw for 600 yards against some, you know, Melville or something. Sure. I don't even know if Melville's good this year. I just right. think that's a little school up there. Sure. Um, but you know what I mean? It's like, so yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's not just him being hot or him just having, you know, a good match. Yeah, I mean, this one. is 6A football. I mean, right. they're playing against gigantic schools in that area, in the St. Louis, greater St. Louis area. So, yeah, absolutely. And just all of Illinois, of course, but... Yeah, there was also just another play where not only, you know, I mentioned, I thought he looked good throwing on on the move and there was this one play where he was going the opposite way he's a right hander scrambling the left where he threw back across his body kind of side-armed a little bit I was going oh man he's got the arm angle thing too 
this kid, man, I, they may have really found something here because honestly, the, the more I looked at it, I was going, how is this kid only three stars? Like he should be at least a four star to me. And I was like, oh, it's because he's small. That's why. And, and to me, I'm with you. That's sort of an old school mentality of, oh, everybody's got to be Peyton Manning size to be a great quarterback. I, again, like you said, I think you see the more we go to a spread style offense, the more that, you know, they frankly don't let you just murder the quarterback anymore. I think he's very viable, especially in college football. I, I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to see this kid. Plus, we got Basilac in there. It'll be interesting to see what this Brady Cook kid looks like. I just like that we've got options at quarterback now. Looking like down the pipeline here, maybe the Sean Robinson kid will look really good this year. Who knows? We got some options. Yeah, and you, you've got a hopefully a mad scientist running the controls. You know, drinks. So if you've got exactly right, quarterbacks yeah. with different skill sets, and he can find ways to to utilize those in his offense. Um, yeah, you just want to see as many weapons, you know, at, at his disposal as possible. And, and yeah, Macon certainly looks to be one. I think they're just kind of some speculation on, you know, online is he's, he, you know, he could be in line to compete in 2022 for a, for a starting job. And that would be, I mean, I could not, see not that. I think he's advanced enough. You, I could totally see that he could be in the competition there for sure. I mean, again, you know, you just watch that offense and you see him putting the, jet sweep guy in motion and you know they do that thing where you snap the ball right as that guy's coming across fake it I mean this is the kind of action that you see the Kansas City Chiefs run a lot you see lots of programs run you're gonna see Drinkwitz run this type of play I mean I'm just imagining that he'll be pretty comfortable relatively speaking in whatever offense Drinkwitz decides to come up with for Macon or whoever it is Eli Drinkwitz, it appears he's done it again, getting a verbal commitment from Lutheran North's Travion Ford. Of course, Lutheran North of the St. Louis area. You know, my first reaction to this was not only I'm excited about the player, he's the highest ranked guy so far in the 2021 class for Missouri, the third highest ranked player in Missouri, depending on whose rankings you look at. But really, my first reaction to this is I'm glad that everything is all good up in Lutheran North between Missouri and Coach Carl Reed, who has been a guy who's been friendly to the Missouri program for sure. And certainly Lutheran North has put out a lot of talent recently, including Ronnell Perkins, who plays for the Tigers. And, well, a former Tiger commit, Antonio, Do- Antonio Doyle, excuse me, who kind of committed to Mizzou out of nowhere essentially I think even the Mizzou staff was surprised when he committed and well there was a bit of weirdness when he eventually decommitted and signed with Texas A&M there was some rumors that he was turned off by I don't know there's some posters maybe on the power Mizzou message board that were maybe they were turned off by the fact that he had a young child as a high schooler or something like that well, anyway, without getting too deep into all that mess, I'm just glad that it seems that, based on, obviously based on Travion Ford's commitment and Coach Reed's comments about how it certainly seems like he's going to shut things down. This is a pretty solid commitment. Now, of course, things can change, but, you know, obviously Missouri, it seems like they got a guy that they really want. And in case you're un- uninitiated, Travion Ford, a defensive end definitely an explosive pass rusher from what I've seen on film 
According to Carl Reed, I'll just quote him here real quick. He says, I think it's an excellent fit for him from a schematic standpoint, and I also think, think it's huge for the state and recruiting for the state of Missouri. Coach Drink has really put an emphasis on local recruiting, and he's brought a lot of excitement here. The kids seem to be buying what he's selling. And, you know, certainly they are in the St. Louis area. Five of the seven commitments that Missouri has are from the state of Missouri. Six of seven are from the St. Louis area when you include Tyler Macon from East St. Louis. Just watching Ford's highlights online really quick, one thing that stood out was not only his excellent pass rush ability, his ability to junk up your offense by blowing up the gaps, but well, he played some offense, too. It seemed like he played receiver, caught a ball way downfield. Maybe it was a wheel route. I don't know. But he definitely played some running back, too. And I don't know, just as a guy who thinks about the whole roster, the whole deal, thinks about things from the big picture perspective, my wheels immediately started turning and thinking, well, here's a guy who's probably going to play as a true freshman. And often we've seen, at least in the Pinkle era, guys – who got on the field as true freshman on defense, often played special teams, too. Marcus Golden comes to mind. I know he played special teams before he really got his major role in 2013, but, you know, I could see that happening for Ford, and not only as a guy who can go down and make tackles, but how about on? imagine him being one of the ends, like essentially the tight end position, on punt protection. Imagine him not only running downfield and making plays and being a nightmare there, but he's also a threat to catch the ball and do something with it from that spot as well. So, I don't know. I'm excited to see Travion Ford play in Columbia, and it sounds like there's a good chance that's going to happen. Dalen Carnell, a four-star cornerback from Indianapolis, has given Missouri a verbal commitment. And you know what? Anytime any program gets an out-of-state four-star recruit, well, that's certainly a good day, even for your Alabamas of the world. But that's a great day for Missouri, quite frankly. And I will. The, one of the first things that stood out about Mr. Carnell doing my homework on him at six foot one, one hundred and ninety-five pounds, he sure seems to fit the mold for what Eli Drinkwitz and his staff looks for in corners, and that's definitely taller defensive backs seems to be something that he's focusing on, and guys with just overall good athleticism, too. I would note that Carnell played a little bit of receiver in high school as well, as many defensive backs do, of course, but you know he had some decent highlights at that position as well. Also wasn't the worst thing in the world to beat out Purdue and West Virginia, two schools that Missouri fans have been quite familiar with in recent years and I will say I was I was kind of surprised I was reading old Gabe DeArmond over at Power Mizzou as I do every morning and in his 10 thoughts column this morning he had an interesting breakdown about how basically the last 20 or so guys that have signed as four stars outside of the state of Missouri maybe it wasn't 20 I don't know 10 15 20 whatever it was it was a really low rate of success quite honestly really only four of those guys ended up being significant contributors and one of them was Terry Beckner Jr. and while obviously East St. Louis where Terry is from is obviously out of state 
it's certainly in the area that Missouri recruits hard, which is East St. Louis. Now, Indianapolis, that, that's a whole different animal to me. And to me, getting, getting Dalen Carnell just on paper alone, an impressive get. Again, anytime you get a four-star corner from an area that Missouri is not known for recruiting, that's a heck of a job by Eli and his staff. Now, as you all know, when Missouri gets a new verbal commitment for the football team or the basketball team, the first thing I like to do is head to the internet and see what these guys actually look like for myself. Check out their huddle highlights, whatever it might be. Well, I looked at Mr. Carnell's highlights, and I have to say, some things stood out to me. You know, it's, it's funny. First of all, it stands out just how bad high school quarterbacks can be. <laughs> his first three interceptions that they showed from his junior season, his his three of the five interceptions he had during his junior campaign were just truly, truly horrendous decisions by the quarterback. I mean, he basically threw it to him. On the other hand, Carnell showed really good anticipation, was in the right spots, but it almost looked like he was the intended receiver at times. But I will say on that fourth pick, he makes a really impressive athletic play, jumps up in the air, high points it, brings the football down, and survives the ground, as the, as the new saying goes. That was definitely an impressive play, for sure. But honestly, even more so than, at least on this film, it can be a little bit hard to gauge how good the receivers he, are, he, he's playing against are, how good the quarterbacks are, et cetera, et cetera. But he's definitely in the higher end of Indianapolis, Indiana talent, so of competition, I should say. So it's not as though he's playing the tiny schools, and it's not as though it's like Indiana basketball back in the day when there was essentially no divisions between the smaller and bigger schools. But I don't know. To, to me, maybe the thing that stood out about Dalen Carnell the most in his short huddle package was that he's a really physical tackler. He is not afraid to stick his nose in and drive that defender to the ground. He, at one point, he makes just an excellent form tackle, you know, wraps him up, not only wraps the guy up, but, I mean, pulverizes him, too, where he's, the head snaps back, that kind of deal. I just really like, really like that technique, good physicality. And, and, frankly, that's one of my pet peeves is when guys do the opposite of what Carnell did there, which is, yeah, you pulverize the guy, you drive your body through him, but you forget to wrap up and tackle him. Well, again, Carnell did both, so that was just something I really enjoyed. And again, multiple times throughout his film, just a good, solid tackler. And after he made some interceptions, too, he showed some pretty good elusiveness on returns, too. Some some exciting returns in there as well. So, I don't know. Everything looks good so far, so good for Dalen Carnell. And frankly, so far, so good on the recruiting trails for Eli Drinkwitz and company. And that'll do it for this episode of Locked on Mizzou. Thanks for joining me as always. And check out our next couple episodes where we'll be sure to preview the Mississippi State football game in depth and also probably a quick recap of the Prairie View A&M basketball game on Friday as well. Hopefully that one won't be too terribly exciting. So until then, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou. Locked on Mizzou.